Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Well, my name is Kim, if you haven't met me before, and I'm on staff here at the church, and I look after, um, I coordinate discipleship and pastoral care. And Pastor Shane, because he's away today, asked me if I would continue the preaching series on called Gifted, um, and it's all about being gifted with the Holy Spirit. So I just wanted to say a warm welcome to everyone this morning, especially those online as well. And I wanted to say also that I just, I just love this church family. I know almost everyone here, I hope I do. And I just know how much you love God and how much he's working in your lives and how much you've endured and been faithful to him. And I just love being a part of this beautiful church family, both here and online. And it's a real honor to be able to speak this morning so, the topic is in a very interesting topic. The topic is, what limits the flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts in our lives? It's a big topic, isn't it? And I want everyone to take that personally this morning. What is limiting the flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts in your life? Now, I know all of us are in different places, and all of us might have different answers, and there's no one right answer for that. Um, but we're going to deep dig into that topic today. And um, I just would like to start with a prayer. So let's just pray. Jesus, we turn our eyes on you and we look full into your wonderful face. And may the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come. Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you that you trump everything that's going on in our minds, our lives, and this world. And we invite you to speak into each and every one of us today. Take us out of worldly thinking and bring us into a greater spiritual understanding. Give us vision from heaven, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I'm going to say it again. What limits the flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts in our lives? Well, I decided to ask God. I was seeking the Holy Spirit for a gift of wisdom about this question because it's a big question. And honestly, I have pages and pages and pages of thoughts. You know me. I'm a bit of a talker, a thinker, and I've got so many ideas, I sometimes have a hard time narrowing them down. But I just feel like God's given me a gift of knowing what to say today, which has blown me away, and I'm so grateful. And I just feel very confident that he has a word for each and every one of us today. In fact, it was a word for me as well. So I'm going to give you a preview right away, the three points that I felt like God wants me to talk about today. So number one... I believe that the flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts may become limited by our ignorance of the importance of the Holy Spirit in this time in history, the last days. Number two, I believe the flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts may be limited by our worldly thinking. And number three, I believe the flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts may be limited if we make ourselves big and we make God small. So, number one. The flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts may become limited in our lives by our ignorance of the importance of the Holy Spirit at this time in history. Now, I want to read to you, I'm going to say it like this, an ancient prophecy out of the book of Joel. Listen to this. It says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit on, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. All the way through the Bible. But if we saw history of the world on a, like, let's imagine it's a stage and it's a drama unfolding. 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all on stage and can be seen all, all the time. But it's like at different times in history, as you read the Bible, different ones take center stage. They kind of take center stage. So if you, you think about the Old Testament, who's center stage in the Old Testament? Mainly we're hearing about God, God speaking to the people. And then you go to the New Testament. Who's center stage in the New Testament? Jesus comes to earth and he's on the stage and, and more prominent in what's going on in the New Testament. And then after Jesus rises from the dead and ascends, we're, called, we're in this time now called the last days. And who's center stage? The Holy Spirit comes and he, he becomes center stage in, in revealing what God is wanting to do on the earth. And so I believe that God has set us up for something this morning. It's interesting, I was reflecting um, on the fact of how I kind of had to get us back on track because like we've been doing this message on gifted in March and then we kind of got interrupted. We had Bruce Hills and we had Easter and I was thinking, God, this is like kind of like I've got to pull back and then God just revealed to me, this is absolutely the perfect Sunday to be preaching about the Holy Spirit because if you think about last Sunday, which was Easter, it was Resurrection Sunday, what happened next? That was the time when the Holy Spirit was about to come and empower his people, or us, with gifts. So if you look at the scriptures, you'll notice right after the resurrection, that's when Jesus starts to talk a lot, or right about, sorry, right about the time of his death, Jesus starts to talk more and more about the Holy Spirit. So leading up to the death and resurrection in the New Testament, it's like Jesus is center stage, and yet we see the Father and the, and the Holy Spirit in unity and at work in and through him. For example... At Jesus' baptism, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And then when Jesus begins his ministry, he gets out the scroll of Isaiah, and it says, he says to everybody, the Spirit of the God is upon me and anointing me. And then he takes that anointing by the power of the Holy Spirit, and he goes out and he brings hope into the world, into the harsh Roman Empire, a place where there is sinfulness, selfishness, People are broken, it's brutal. A little bit like our world, isn't it? In fact, the Bible calls our world in Colossians 1 the kingdom of darkness. And into this darkness, Jesus was proclaiming that the kingdom of God had come and he was demonstrating what heaven looked like by performing through the power of the Holy Spirit signs and wonders, turning water into wine, healing people with leprosy. He was prophesying. He was bringing wisdom. He brought joy and love and life. And he drew huge crowds of followers without even needing the internet. <laughs> and that's because people wanted to see for themselves. He was doing things that were not humanly possible. They came, these things came from above, and they brought rivers of living water to a world that was thirsty for help. But a shift was coming. Just before Jesus died, he explained to the disciples how important it was for him to ascend to heaven so that the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be given to them as well. He was trying to explain to them that as he ascended, the Holy Spirit would come and take center stage in our world through us. This is what he said in John 16 when he was talking to his disciples just before he's about to die. He says, but very truly I tell you, it is good for you that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. 
but if I go, I will send him to you. Amazing statement, isn't it? And I love the way he explains it. He explains it a bit earlier in John 7. This is one of my favorite verses. He says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Now, when Jesus said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Amazing, isn't it? So he told the disciples that after he ascended, they must wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And then he said the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to baptize you with power. It's in Acts 1.8. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so by giving the power of the Holy Spirit to his disciples, the goodness of God was going to a whole new level. Because every believer was empowered by the Holy Spirit to take the same supernatural gifts that Jesus had out into the world. And as disciples, we're disciples of Jesus, aren't we? We're followers of Jesus. And as disciples of Jesus, these gifts of the Holy Spirit are for us too. And that's what Pastor Shane's been talking to us in this series, Gifted. He kept saying over and over and over, and it was like at first it didn't hit me. It probably didn't even hit me until I started preparing this message. And I went, oh my goodness, I get it now, I get it now. So I'm going to say it again for you guys in case maybe you didn't get it yet. He said, the greatest secret in the church is you and me are gifted or endowed with supernatural abilities by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's been saying that over and over and over. That's the greatest secret in the church. And Jesus said that the power of the Holy Spirit in believers is the number one plan that God had for the world to be transformed at this time in history. And this is including us, our involvement in it. It's amazing, isn't it? And we have the honor, it's an honor, oh, sorry, it's an honor of bringing a taste of heaven through the gifts and bring the same love, the same life, the same joy, the same hope that Jesus brought to people. We can be just like Jesus. Isn't that what we're meant to be? We're his disciples, just like Jesus. And we're not doing it in our own strength. We're doing it in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is what he planned and what he wants us to do, just like Jesus. All right, that's pretty cool. So I believe today, by becoming more aware of the importance of the Holy Spirit's gifting in our lives and wanting to bless people in our world, that's what he wants to do, there will be an increase in our hunger and excitement for the flow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's number one. All right, number two. The flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts may become limited by our worldly thinking. What do you think? If we are honest, it's easy to forget about the spiritual world because what we can see with our eyes is the material world. And in this age of technology, we are bombarded with endless messages, topics, concerns that have no regard for God, no belief in God, and only human earthly thinking. Is that right? And so daily, we're invited to join in with the whole world and get really discouraged and fearful and lose hope when we watch the news and we see the difficulties. Things like COVID, the economy, wars, humans being horrible to one another. And then it gets even on a closer level because even in our own lives or in the lives of our loved ones, we encounter bewildering situations 
Things like financial or relationship hardship, anxiety, depression, addiction, ongoing illnesses, death. And you know, thinking in a worldly way, we can look only to ourselves or other human beings for help, and we can get pretty discouraged because we know that even the most educated, wealthy, or skilled person in the world doesn't have answers or the power to help us with some of deep, life's deepest issues. And it's very discouraging. And unless we understand, and, uh, and we can be very disappointed and discouraged unless we understand that there is more to this world. There is more than what the eye can see. Amen. And we don't want to lose hope. But that is Satan's plan. He's doing all he can to keep us thinking only about the material things, only about our human strength, only about the strength within, the power within, some power within that's going to make it all change. It's all very deceptive, very discouraging and lacking. And Satan, it says in the Bible, Satan's plan is to steal, kill and destroy. That's what he's on about. And that's why it's called the kingdom of darkness down here on earth. But... We are not people without hope. The creator of the heaven and earth, God himself, is watching over us. Just let that sink in. The one who created the stars in the heaven, the incredible technology that needs to go on to make your eye work, he is with us and he is watching over us. And Jesus invited us through his death and resurrection and ascension to join in his family, to enter into the spiritual kingdom of God, where he rules and reigns for eternity. That's where we are as Christians. If you are a Christian, that is where you are. You are adopted into the kingdom of God. It has started already, and it's going on for eternity, and you can live in the kingdom of God. And we do. We just sometimes get so caught up in our worldly thinking. And Jesus' message clearly was that we must not be absorbed in the material world. He says in Matthew 6.33, Seek first what? His kingdom and his righteousness, and then what? Everything else will be added unto you. I used to sing that song when I was a little girl, and it really sunk in, thank God. It just seemed to be one that I could remember. And I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. If I just seek God first, everything else will work out. And I really took it to heart, and I'm so grateful. So go cause in the kids' ministry, <laughs> because that can be amazing what God can do through that. So let's... Take that to heart. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. I also, it's echoed all through scripture. I love the one that Paul says in Colossians 3, and I encourage you to read Colossians 3. It's so beautiful. It starts with this. Set your eyes on things above and not on earthly things. So we need to wake up and understand that the spiritual world is even more real and more important to us as Christians than the material world because it's our eternal future. And we can always have hope because the power of God is in our lives. And the Holy Spirit has been, has been given to bring spirit, supernatural gifts from heaven down to earth. And he wants to flow through us more and more than what we even see already. So much more. So much more for willing. So much more for welcoming. So much more for asking. It's amazing. It's the kind of good news that our world needs to hear, isn't it? It truly is. Like when Jesus was born, the angel said, I bring you good news of great joy. Why? Because God is giving us hope beyond ourselves. Amazing. And 1 Corinthians 12 explains some of the many gifts the Holy Spirit gives us. Things like wisdom, not just earthly wisdom, supernatural wisdom, and knowledge from above. 
Faith, which makes us steady to be believed even when we can't see. Healing, signs and wonders, prophecy, discernment of evil spirits, tongues, interpretations, and there's so many more in other scriptures that you can find. And what are these gifts for? 1 Peter 4.10 says, and this is what Pastor Shane's been sharing over and over in the Gifted series. Each one of us has received a gift. Minister or serve it to one another as good stewards or managers of the manifold grace of God. Let's not limit the Holy Spirit's flow by allowing worldly thinking to rule our lives, but let's be heavenly minded and be willing to learn how to use our gifts of the Holy Spirit to help one another overcome. And we'll be bringing his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Absolutely beautiful. And remember, I love what he says about that as well. If you go down in um, 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about the body, how God is the head and each body part is so important. It doesn't matter if you're a toe or a finger, every part of the body. doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how small you are, how small your faith is. God wants to use all of us and we need to respect and honor each other and work together in unity with the head, like the brain, operating it all together. And that's what we do as a church, don't we? We already do so much of this. Don't get me wrong. We're all doing this. We're just wanting to be more, more filled, more willing, more open. All right, number three. The flow of the Holy Spirit's gifts may become limited if we make ourselves big and we make God small. All right, so I'm going to be really real with you. When I first got this topic, I just went and thought, okay, I'm going to write a stream of thoughts. So why is the Holy Spirit limited in my life? So this is what I wrote. I'm going to say them quick because I'm embarrassed and there's seven of them. I'll quickly say them. Here we go. And I hope, the reason I'm saying them is I hope that some of you will relate. Number one, I'm so busy in the material world that I forget to think about spiritual things. Number two, I have a fear of getting it wrong or leading someone astray. Number three, I waver in in unbelief that the Holy Spirit has even given me any gifts. Number four, I fear failure in exercising the gifts. Number five, I don't think I'm worthy to have special gifts. Number six, I can waver with distrust of the Holy Spirit because I don't understand everything. Number seven, I don't even know what my gifts are. So I put this list away. That was my first try and what I was going to share. Um, And then I came back to the list, and oh my goodness, it must have been a gift from above, because I looked at it, and I went, oh my gosh, everything about this that I'm saying here is about me. (laughs) And when I'm thinking like this, God showed me, I'm looking through the lens of me. I am making the all-powerful God, the creator of heaven and earth, and all his promises and all of his gifts very small. And allowing myself and my thoughts and my fears and my failures and my agenda, very big. (laughs) And I was reminded of this beautiful verse of John the Baptist, which I actually had been reading every morning to help me. And it says this, he must increase and I must decrease. Good news, hey? It's it's sort of like, you know, you've known this and you've heard this 10 billion times over and over, but sometimes you just get the revelation that helps and (laughs) gets you over the line. Anyway, let's listen to John the Baptist. John the Baptist had a successful ministry with many followers, but it wasn't about him. When Jesus arrived, John wisely brought Jesus to center stage, and he himself backed down, and he brought attention and glory to Jesus. He was able to make himself small and God big, and he used his prophetic gift, not for himself, not to point to himself, but to point to Jesus. And this is what he said. This is what he said to the the people that were following him. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Right there he's saying, it's not about me. (laughs) 
isn't he? <laughs> it's not about me. When you go to serve a gift that God's given you to give, it's not about me. Don't look at me. And then he says this. He points to Jesus. He says, he will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. Woo. Amazing. So he's saying, it's about what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want to do here. It's, that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And so we are only servants of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The focus has to be on him because the power and the gifts are for him and for what he wants to do. And when we make God big and ourselves small, we start to minister in power with his gifts to others. And there becomes a freer flow of the Holy Spirit through us. I just love Peter. You know, Peter was just getting used to being a disciple and Jesus was out of the way. Not out of the way. Ascended in heaven. <laughs> and he, sorry, that was a bit rude. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, but Peter... I guess, I guess, you know, Peter could have taken it on himself. I'm down here. I've got the power. I can do it. He's sort of like that at times, isn't he? <laughs> so Peter saw a lame beggar on the side of the road. And what does he say to him? He says, silver and gold I do not have. It's like, I have nothing in the natural. He goes, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. Peter got it. Peter's small, God big. He finally got it, right? <laughs> well... We've been having a healing prayer meeting at the end of uh, last Tuesday of every month. Um, and we're all practicing, flowing in the gift of healing. We gather as a group around people who've had a healing need. And each part of the body is involved in it. It's not one person ministering. We're all open to being, letting, being used by the Holy Spirit. And when we pray for healing, we're remembering it's not about us. It's about what God wants to do. So we're all encouraged to pray and to keep God big and ourselves small as we serve one another and we keep listening to the Holy Spirit. So last time we met, we prayed for healing for a man who told us he had a rift in his family. You know, healing, sometimes we always think healing is about physical things, but don't we need healing for so many things? Healing for relationships, healing for physical things, healing for mental things, emotional things, so many things. So this person came because they were having trouble with relationships. And sometimes, you know, relationships can be the hardest thing, and they actually cause physical problems once we're so worried about these things. So this man sat down, and he told us he had a rift in his family that he thought would never change in the natural. And it was concerning to him because it was with an elderly relative that could possibly die. And it was really upsetting to him. We all got around him and we prayed, just in a circle around him. And that very next week, he came up to me and said, do you know what? The wall of division was torn down and he was reunited with his family member, the one he thought he would never get to see again. He was invited in. It was amazing. And he said, you know what? I want you to share that because I want God to get the glory. That could not have happened without the prayer that went on there through the power of the Holy Spirit. We didn't have the answers in ourselves. We just brought the healing gift by the power of the Holy Spirit to the situation. And it was supernaturally natural. It's super, sometimes we get worried about that word supernatural. It's just supernaturally natural because it's natural. It's the way God created us to be. That's what he wanted us to do. He created our bodies to do that. So God is big and us small means there are no limits to what God can do. So, in conclusion, I wanted to point out that we as a church wanted to grow and not limiting the Holy Spirit because this is one of our church values. I'll read it to you. Our church value is that we, one of them, we have lots of beautiful church values and you'll get to see them if you read your daily devotional. We are not a church of consumers or spectators. 
We're not sitting here watching somebody or something happen. It says here, we are a church where every member, every member, that means you, smallest to the tallest, (laughs) youngest to the oldest, every one of us. I'm going to say it again, you, you. (laughs) Because I sat there so many times listening to Shane going, No, you, every member is empowered and encouraged to use their gifts and strengthen the whole community. So, three quick things. How do we apply what we've heard today? How can we practically let the Holy Spirit's gifts flow more through the life of our church? Number one, let's be more. More aware of the Holy Spirit, more open, and as the Bible says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Let's ask him to daily give us a gift like wisdom or knowledge or healing or discernment. Proverbs 8 actually says, Blessed is the man who asks daily for wisdom. I just took it to heart. I've been doing that for over a year now. I just get up in the morning and say, God, I want the gift of wisdom. You promise there'll be favor in life if I ask for wisdom. And I'm doing it. I think I talked about it a long time ago one time. I'm still doing it. And I'm so grateful because I can see a difference in my life because I'm being open and asking for more. Number two, I love this one. I'm so into this one. Let's position ourselves for kingdom thinking, not worldly thinking. If you live in my house, you probably get sick of me because I'm always being very careful to watch out for worldly thinking. And so I just want to challenge us. Make a decision to daily have a good amount of input from scripture, from prayer, from fellowship, from, from um, what did I say? Scripture, worship, fellowship, and prayer. We need a good daily amount because think of how much other content we get that's the opposite. And I just want to challenge you. I'm so excited. I wish I had the devotional here. But in the four years you were coming in, hopefully you grabbed one. Someone hold one up. We are so proud of these daily devotions. Pastor Shane just had it on his heart that we create our homegrown daily devotion. That's what these are. Um, and every few months, or not, it's not all the time, we just challenge everyone with these. And these are such a beautiful discipleship tool because they give you everything you need to just have a beautiful time, kingdom mindset time with God. You start with being thankful, you read the Bible, you, it gives you some things to pray for, for yourself as well as for the world, and it gives you a challenge to be a difference in the world, to let the Holy Spirit use you to share the goodness of God. So I just challenge you to make a commitment. Get that devotion and just commit to it for three months. I'm just going to test God, test him, say, God, will this make a difference in my life? If I do this every day for three months, will it work? The good news is it's only five days a week, so you can make up on Saturdays and Sundays if you can't do it every day. I found that helps. (laughs) Or you just finish it a little bit later, which is what I did the last one. All right? So, oh, the other thing I want to say about that is pretty cool. This is another God-ordained moment. The topic of the daily devotion is wisdom, which is the first in the list of the, of the Holy Spirit's gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. So that's pretty cool. We didn't plan that. So we're going to be reading Proverbs and Psalms, and we're just going to be getting wisdom through the daily devotion. All right, last one. Number three, let's commit to practicing and exercising spiritual gifts to serve others. For example, there's a lovely lady in our church who's taken to heart what Pastor Shane has been saying, and recently she started practicing a gift she said she had on her. And she wanted to be teachable, so she asked them for some accountability from two of the leaders. And she's just growing in her gift, and she's blessing people. And there is joy for her and joy for those who are receiving that gift. So let's practice by keeping it simple, being teachable, and remembering to keep God big and yourself small. I love Zechariah 4.6. It says, it's not by might and not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So I can see that there's a wave of revival, 
that's been forming in the hearts of people in the Illawarra for the last few years. It really is building. Like, you know how the waves that are building up there, you can see them coming? They're just a big, they're just a big blob moving in the ocean closer and closer to the shore. You know what I'm saying? I only know that because my husband's a surfer and he kind of points to me and tries to teach me about the waves. And there's a wave coming and there's more and more movement in the spiritual realm. Just can feel it, people. I know you guys probably can feel it as well. And I believe it's building to become a, a wave that will break forth and bring the lost home and to this church. And so God is getting our church ready to serve the ones that he's going to bring to us with spiritual gifts, straight from heaven, straight from the Holy Spirit. And there's going to be joy and love and life served straight from heaven to the glory of who? God alone. It's so exciting. I hope and pray that that excites you. I pray it stays with you all week long. I pray it stays with you all lifelong. And I pray that we will just start to see more and more excitement because we are being just like Jesus here in this church. So let's just pray. Heavenly Father, I just praise you and I thank you. Lord, I just thank you for the amazing wisdom of God that you want to bestow on us. I thank you that each and every person here has something from you today that you are going to give them to take with them that's going to change their life. It's going to change their life, and it's also going to change the lives of others. And so, Father, we just give you ourselves today. We give you our gifts, our human abilities, and we ask you to fill us with your gifts. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.